Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, welcomingly you in to 2022. 2022 with a bang. All good news. All good news, right, John? No bad news. No bad news to talk about. None. Never. With these teams? Absolutely not. Never, never could happen. <laughs> uh, we do have some good, exciting news coming. We uh, are going to have the awesome and wonderful Travis Clark coming onto the show to preview the uh, MLS Super Draft. We've, but before we get into that, John, we have a, a bit of news we're going to drop. bit of changes. Change is sometimes a good thing. Uh, it is. It can be... Yeah, we're excited about it. So uh, we're not going to get all the way into it, uh, all the way, but... We talked about it before the break sort of teased that there would be changes. We can get into that a little bit more than we did then. Basically this. Uh, people don't have as much time to listen to really long podcasts as they used to. Uh, and I we, we've been talking about trying to ways to improve the podcast, ways to uh, make it fit into everyone's sort of new normal now that everyone is or many people have sort of changed what their work life is like and their commute life is like. Uh, so the plan is to uh, make things a uh, little bit easier to listen to, make things a little bit more tighter, streamlined, professional, uh, and, and easy to digest. Uh, so in about two weeks, we're going to have a, a pretty big launch, pretty big, exciting launch uh, for all you guys. This show right now, as it is, will never go away. So if you're on here and you love us on Twitch uh, and you want to show us you love us by renewing your Prime subscription, uh, feel please feel free. To, I just did that now before the show started. Just go down to the box where it says gift a subscription or subscribe. Uh, click the link, and if you have Amazon Prime at the bottom, it'll let you say use Amazon Prime, and you can give us a free subscription. Uh, but that will be staying the same. So no matter what, at 8.30, you will always be able to catch us Monday night talking spirit and talking BC United. But in two weeks, make sure you're listening, uh, and we will uh, we'll, uh, try. You'll hear it, no matter where you're at. If you're, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, whatever else, you're going to hear what the new plans is. The, the release will be uh, wide. So get ready for that. Yes. Yeah, we're going to we're, we're excited about this. We've, we've had a lot of discussions about how to make the show better, how to better deliver content, the, all the great DC soccer content that you wanted to. Uh, Riss Willis says, let's not take a look at my bingo card for 2022. So, yeah, we're going to get into that and we should probably get into that right now. Uh, let's let's do it. Um, Spirit, uh, things are not great, I think, is the easiest way to say it. Um, basically, uh, as you heard as you heard here first on RFK Refugees, uh, John with the with the source scoop there, uh, the basic deal to sign to uh, Bully and St. James offer is basically almost going to is pretty pretty much going to go through uh, for the Washington Spirit. Uh, John, you've been uh, maybe, maybe that's a right. More clued in. I'm the Adam so. Schefter of, of yes. this. Uh, <laughs> so it appears that uh, for all of the conversation around uh, Michelle Kang's offer being 40 percent more. Uh, which is $35 million, it really appears that S Steve Baldwin's going to sell this team to the Bully Group and St. James uh, St. James Group regardless. That is not news that I think anyone is welcoming. The players have met with this group where they were not impressed, according to the Washington Post. Uh, the players have made it very clear who they want, and they want Michelle Kang as the owner. Uh, the fans have been very clear about who they want. The Supporters groups who have been asked to meet with this group uh, in sort of the in-between time, I think to sort of do a little bit of PR smoothing, uh, are not impressed and some of them don't want to meet at all. So uh, the situation is, it appears that Steve Baldwin uh, and Bill Lynch are going are to do what they want. This has become a thing about personalities and stubbornness and I have the power to do this and the league's not going to stop me. 
uh, and, and it's going to go through. There's a threat of a lawsuit. Certainly something to, to look at. Ted and I were re-examining that right before the show. Uh, one note about that. So there was obviously the, 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 some of the investors, some of the minority uh, group, sent a letter to Steve Baldwin saying, we reserve all rights to, to sue, basically, on this as you take a less than, less than highest offer, which is absurd, uh, but we reserve the right to sue. The challenge here, I, we just noticed that only four of those minority owners signed this letter. So it is not all of them. It is not the famous people that you know. It's not Alex Ovechkin. It's not Chelsea Clinton. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not those people. It's uh, Tom Daschle, his wife, Bonnie McElveen Hunter, and S. Estee Port, Portner, Portnoy. Uh, Michael Jordan's longtime business associate or manager. So it's not a unified front. Not every single person, particularly the people that you would want to have the bully pulpit, they are not. They are not making a lot of noise on this. And the and reporting today by the Athletic says that the other owners in NWSL are are speculation. I think is that they are not interested in empowering the league to make decisions about sales due to owner intransigence or bad behavior because. Many of the owners have done something bad uh, yeah. in the last year, so they don't want to sort of like sign their own death warrant on things like that. So that's that's where we sit now. This appears to me, this appears to me, a we want to avoid a Dan Borislaw, Borislaw situation. And if you don't know who Dan Borislaw is, because maybe some people don't. Uh, he was the the owner. <laughs> funny enough, the owner of uh, bought the Washington Freedom at the time uh, for the WPS, uh, moved them to some some city in Florida, renamed them Magic Jack FC. Uh, go Google it if you want this story. But the story is basically he he suffered. There was a lot of abusive related owner ownership comments that he made towards players. Uh, there were emails that were leaked. A lot of the a lot I, I, I probably maybe things that were worse than what we saw. Uh, from from what we've seen from the spirit and everything else, though it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that. Um, and basically, the league pushed him out, said, "Nope, you're done. We're, we're we're relinquishing your rights to own a team." He then sued the league, and the league folded. I, I feel like this is maybe going into the mindset. Some something else I thought about too. Everybody everybody is is cued in on on Michelle King's offer of thirty five million and how this is taking less. Do you think maybe maybe this is a Yes, we understand that the obvious thing is like someone offers more money, you more money for something, you take it. And I'm not saying that's necessarily this is the right move or the or the wrong move. I do wonder, is this a move by the league to keep the valuations of their teams down for now in an effort to stave off any sort of like collective bargaining agreement type negotiation where the players say, hey, you know, you you the spirit just sold for thirty five million. We want, you know, three percent of that or we want four or five percent of that. Ted, that's a good point because they are still negotiating mm-hmm. that first contract with the players with the NWSL players union. So that I think there I think there is something to that. Um, yeah. But you know honestly the challenge here too is that uh the there is a law and this was mentioned in the chat, there is a lawsuit in motion, it appears. Uh, Beth Wilkinson, who was the lawyer who looked at the uh, workplace misconduct and sexual harassment suit in the Washington football team, coincidentally, that led to no one being fired and nothing changing, <laughs> and and the owner and Dan Snyder still owning the team and everything else good still happening uh, to him. Uh, but she is now sort of heading the group, the legal group that's looking at this. She appears to be taking the, the public tack that this is a gender issue. Um and, and I think from a PR perspective, that's a very good avenue to take, particularly with all the things that have happened this year. You know, I, I think it's up in the air. 
about motivation. It could be, you know, could just be ego and spite. And someone says, you got to do this thing. And then you dig your heels and say, I'm rich. I'm a rich guy. You can't tell me to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take less money to spite you. <laughs> so it's, it's it's tough. But I think from the standpoint of like how you you try some of this in the, the court of public opinion. And that's that's a good play. I think that's probably good to do. I, I, honestly, I'm just not optimistic about I'm not a lawyer. Ted's not yeah. a lawyer. We're not lawyers. Uh, but I am I am not optimistic about this lawsuit or threat of lawsuit changing things uh changing the outcome i feel like the, i feel like the sale's gonna go through pretty quickly oh yeah um, i mean i mean i mean i think the idea is and i think this is what was hinted in the article is that basically the league is like go ahead you know steve do what you want get out of here and you know what you you can be sued i mean basically the lawsuits would involve minority owners suing steve baldwin not minority owners suing the league at least right. not yet it seems like the the basis of this is being directed at Steve Baldwin. So from a league perspective, he's gone, he's done. You know, he can he can go do what he you know he can go do what he wants, um, and then he's the one who's being held liable because he's the one who's driving this. Uh, and maybe uh, and maybe Bill Lynch uh, plays a role in it as well. I'm not sure what the extent of the lawsuit uh, will be, but cer- certainly, I mean, this is still cowardice from the league. Uh, it still shows all the horrible things about. How the players literally advocated for one of the other owners said, we, we want Michelle Kang as the owner, we want to sell, um, and just how little say those have, how little say fans have, um, everything. So, um, and, and, and you mentioned the league sort of being the next partner, the next element of this of this uh, of this issue. And, and uh, Rose Room Collective sent a letter uh, to the NWSL commissioner, basically saying, "You need to step in here. Your the the bylaws indicate that you can." Uh, the the players have spoken, the fans have spoken, the supporter groups have spoken. The offer is on the table, uh, and she's already been vetted as an owner because she's a current owner. She's a thirty percent owner already in the team um, and local market. All the elements that basically say why she should be the the person. So that letter was sent. I know that they had an effort to sort of encourage other people to do the same. Basically, I think it was in response to people getting very mad and tweeting at the Washington Spirit handle uh, to yell at Steve Baldwin, which is. Uh, ineffective, <laughs> I would say. I would say not a not an effective means of direct action. Uh, he, he has shown that not to really be the thing. But uh, you know, Twitter Twitter lit up about this. I, I think I'm hoping it's not too late. I'm hoping that if it is too late, that the lawsuit that does eventually get authored, if it does, is able to you know relitigate this thing, or at least as someone said in the chat, uh, maybe have some things out in discovery about about this process and what was actually said and what offers were actually made uh, we'll see it's certainly not over the nwsl would like this to be over and no one to be mad and everyone to just buy tickets and shut up uh and if twitter is any indicator and everyone you know i think that pablo makes a joke all the time about uh canceling your season tickets on twitter and how <laughs> and how you do it multiple times in off season but uh as you'll see at the break here Quite a few people said that. Uh, yeah. So maybe that is true. They, I don't know how many they can afford to lose. I, I think, I think again, the big and the, and the sad, the sad, the saddest thing about this is, I think the NWSL, the owners, and everyone else, r- foolishly or not, think that, uh, and probably in my opinion, foolishly, obviously, uh, they think. And, you know, and I don't know how much right they they look at the they look at the hundred hundred people screaming at them at Twitter 
and think that that doesn't represent the majority of their fan base. Even though it might be the most vocal part of their fan base, it doesn't recommend, you know, uh, it doesn't, um, as John apparently has vanished. I'm here. Nope, I'm oh, here. You're here. Your video went away, buddy. I'm, I'm still here. I'm <laughs> uh, in the dark. But, yeah, but uh, but uh, basically that, you know, they, they think that they can get away with this because they think that they will still get the same people that show up. Uh, they think, you know, the family who, you know, buys season tickets isn't paying attention. I mean, it it does take a certain sense to be, I guess, engaged in this situation and to be actively involved and everything like that and to keep up with it. There's a reason, like, you read these stories and almost, like, two-thirds of the story before they get to the information you actually want to hear is a summary of everything that's happened. Uh, when you read any story in The Athletic and any story in The Washington Post. And it's not, and it's not, and it's not to say that, like, I'm not saying that, that people... Um, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that people will necessarily like the, the, the people on Twitter don't matter. I'm saying that's what the league thinks and that's what, uh, ownership thinks. Um, I will, I'll be see, I'm curious to see what happens as far as, you know, what, what the atmosphere looks like in the stadium come, you know, opening kick when this group is announced, um, or if there's any path forward for the team at all, it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like it at all. Believe it or not though. Uh, with all these things that are happening, uh, the the team continues to uh, sign players and evolve <laughs> and sell players. Uh, so we should we probably should also address those things. The biggest move that happened this Some, week, uh, Sayori Takarada was sold to Linköping FC uh, in Sweden for a small fee, which is great. I, I was able to to verify that there was actually money involved with that because she was still under contract for another season. Uh, she played in ten matches last season. She missed a lot of time for international duty uh, with Japan. Uh, she started six matches. Other than the international duty, the challenge was when she came to the Spirit, she was a forward. She played forward a lot uh, for her club team previously, but her national team coach was like, we're going to play her at center back. Uh, <laughs> could you play her at center back? Uh, and then Richie basically at that time agreed to do that. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, she never really settled in. I think she struggled to really make an impact on the team, and I think she wanted to go somewhere to make sure that she was going to be playing on a regular basis. Uh, for her for future international career. So I don't I don't blame her that. Uh, other players who got re-signed, uh, Morgan Goff and Taylor Aylmer, uh, both got one-year contracts with a club option. Uh, Aylmer played more games. She act- Well, she played. Goff played no games. Uh, Aylmer played seven games, scored once against O.L. Reign, had one assist, uh, s- certainly featured much more in the back half of the season as players were either injured or had COVID or any of the things that were going on uh, and, and did well enough to earn that contract. Uh, Morgan Goff, sort of more of a developmental player at this point, uh, making up the, the numbers. And the big winner uh, was Ashley Hatch, who cashed in, I assume, the financial issues was not were not disclosed, uh, but uh, cashed in on uh, her golden boot season with a two-year contract and a club option. So uh, she has committed her future, the near-term future to the spirit, which is great uh, because... She really came into her own last year. She is now getting noticed by the national team. All things are 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 headed in the right direction for her. And this is this was past, so this was sort of previously in the middle of the year, but or the middle of last month. But uh, the Spirit also traded for Gabby Vincent from the Casey Current. Uh, I believe it was a draft pick for next year. Uh, she appeared in 16 matches, uh, played defensive midfield, and the idea there is. We need cover for Andy Sullivan uh, during the many, many international games that will happen uh, this year. So it's good that we have that. She's a solid player, not going to bring the offensive element that Andy does, the, the, the two-way game she does, but uh, you need cover in that position. Uh, particularly Julie Rodder now having to play left back, most likely, with Tegan McGrady being sold or traded. 
Uh, and then the last thing about the spirit, you want to make sure uh, preseason starts February 1. So not that long, not that long <laughs> until the season is going. Uh, the good thing for the spirit is there's not a lot of turnover. They were a young team when they won the championship. They were ahead of schedule. So what that means is they are better positioned than probably almost any other team uh, to hit the ground running. There's been a lot of changes uh, around the league here in the last week, two weeks, three weeks, particularly with the two new the two, two new expansion clubs. But even beyond that, uh, and some some of those trades today, which we'll get into, uh, it is it is a period of, of tumult for a lot of these teams. But the spirit are basically saying, we're going to run it back. Uh, we may have one or two changes, but we kept our core intact. We kept our young players. Mm-hmm. We're ready to beat y'all again, and this time not have to take two uh not have to take two forfeits yeah hopefully hopefully everything stays off i think i mean obviously the big trade uh actually actually the the big trade i think you talk about is uh lynn williams going to the casey current 200k and a draft pick uh that was probably the most major major trade uh that we that we saw from uh from the nwsl time that i mean that and again i i feel really like i feel almost really disappointed because this is this is a trade we, we talk a lot about in this league about how players don't stick around. Like we talk about Tori Houston being around the spirit forever. And she is like the absolute outlier when it comes to NWSL players, yep. players like get traded and shifted around all the time. I feel so I, again, as, as uh, I think speedy 12 says, feel, feel really bad for, for courage fans uh, in this regard. Um, other, I mean, of the spirit news, I think, like you said, they held on to the players they need to hang, hang on to. Um, I thought was really good. I think uh, the Gabby Vincent trade, uh, Depth. So that was depth. Yep, definitely depth. Um, especially with Andy Sullivan, you know, being an international duty. Uh, so I mean, I'm really kind of excited for the. I'm on the field. I am excited for this team. Um, I think it's going to be exciting to watch them sort of defend defend their uh, defend their crown this year for sure. That's the wild part too, right? Is that they're fighting their own off the field shenanigans. It should be all good vibes. They won the freaking championship, mm-hmm. and they're returning eleven, well, ten of the starters probably. Uh, Tegan obviously started that game and is now in San Diego, but they're they're ready to they're ready to repeat. So it's it's a bummer that we're really in. And beyond the one. So let's just run down all the things that have happened. I put together, and this yeah. is not <laughs> this is by all means not exhaustive. There have been some other moves that have happened and some before this, but let me just run down some of the big names that have moved in the NWSL in the last say month. Uh, as we said today, Lynn Williams to the Kansas City Current for two hundred thousand dollars and a draft pick uh, in allocation funds. Jess McDonald, also from The Courage, to Racing for a first-round draft pick. Savannah McCaskill from Racing to Angel City for a first-rounder next year. Alex Morgan, big, big name there, Alex Morgan to San Diego for $275,000 in a player. Christy Mewis to Gotham for $200,000. Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris also to Gotham for a first-round and a third-round. Orlando doing a major retool, I think you could, mm-hmm. you could say. Them and North Carolina are the two teams that are really sort of tearing down to the studs and trying to accumulate draft picks and young players sort of seeing the way the spirit went. Uh, Simone Charlie and Tyler Lucy or Lussie, I don't want to get the name wrong, to Angel City. That was for draft protection for $100,000, a draft pick and draft protection. And that is the player that was drafted. I don't have her name and I don't really care to look it up. Uh, who was drafted, who had very bad tweets and is now not going to be playing for the team. So they, they gave up. Simone Charlie, I'm not sure if she was in every game starter, but she certainly played a lot. Uh, for, for nothing. Like, they literally just lit that money. They, they, <laughs> they lit it on fire, unfortunately. And then Julie Ertz and Sarah Gordon, the Chicago Red Stars exodus uh, to Angel Cities, again, just for draft protection. So it's wild. It's wild. Uh, 
all of the moves that have happened. I think that's pretty common in this league. Like you said, uh, there no one is signing long leases here. Everyone, yeah. everyone's going year to year uh, on their apartments, unfortunately. But uh, it's it's a it's a good spot for the spirit to be in. All of this change creates chaos that, that we don't have to deal with. So that's yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, a lot of teams. I mean, I think uh, you have to look at uh, Gotham potentially getting a lot better. Um, certainly, obviously, we have the new team, Angel City. They're certainly looking to uh, to to spend money, um, so to speak. And uh, I think we'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, what how the spirit adapt. Are they going to continue down this same path? Because I mean, there's a lot of a lot of big name talent that's moving to new teams. I think has been the the order of the day, uh, particularly, you know, Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris, who probably come as like a package deal that that probably has to be like, you're going to trade Allie Krieger. You got to trade Ashlyn Harris as well, uh, considering they live together. So uh, cer- certainly a package deal there. They got a good deal there. They're, they're old. I mean, they're obviously older on the older side, mm-hmm. but the return was not, not really great for two starters. <laughs> Basically what's going to be, I mean, Orlando obviously is, is I mean, they have uh, Taylor Korniak is a great player. Mm-hmm. Sydney LaRue is still there and still uh, and had a great year last year. There are other players that are on that team that that can make a difference. Obviously, uh, Marta, uh, <laughs> there are still players there, but Orlando is definitely saying uh, we need to we need to go at this again. I'm very excited to see what these new teams can do. Uh, uh, Kim McCauley has put together quite a <laughs> quite a team out there in uh, in, Angels, <laughs> in Los Angeles. It's so it is so that is maybe the coolest thing to me. Yeah, about this league is some someone that you and I and everyone else has talked to on Twitter or had on podcasts or written with is assembling a professional sports franchise based on in extensive knowledge of analytics. Like that is a that's pretty wild stuff. I I can't get over that. Yeah, and uh, curious curious to get some more insight into analytics. I, I definitely that is one avenue. I am I am more interested uh, in exploring. What do we? I mean, all, all those controversy controversy with the league. I think they're 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 on CBS this year. That that's a multi year contract they have with CBS. I believe correct. Good. Yes. Yes. And I think they want they want to they want to improve it. I know that they wanted to spend more money on the uh, they wanted to spend more money on the broadcast. I believe <laughs> like so it doesn't look <laughs> like it's being broadcast on an iPhone four, uh, but remains to be seen. And hopefully more games on the 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 regular CBS. That would be good for everyone. I I was surprised they're doing the challenge cup. Yeah, again. we uh we don't have a we don't have a schedule yet, um, but we do have a uh, upcoming uh the challenge cup. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, they have the challenge cup. The challenge cup is once again a preseason tournament, which uh, based on all the interviews we've had over and over again, the players are not they're not big fans of that. Coaches are not big fans of that, but the league loves it, uh, and so it shall continue. I, I'm just hoping for you know. We have we have major the spirit have major players coming off of injury. Bailey Feist coming off of a full season injury. Jordan DiBiase basically played no games. Uh, uh, and Jordan Collins, I believe, is the other one that was on a full season injury. These are uh, Bailey Feist will fit in right away if she's healthy. She's a player that very well likely could be uh, could be starting. So great to see. That's another. The rich get richer here. The spirit are, are deep and young and talented, and they're getting back players who can can fit right in, uh, regardless of the system. Chris Ward uh, has a has a great team at his disposal, and I don't think we got into this, uh, but uh, Chris Chris Ward uh, is gonna be. We're gonna have a chance to interview Chris before the season starts, uh, so look look forward to that here in the coming weeks, uh, and let us know too all of, all of our uh, all of our chatters. 
and, and people who follow us on Twitter, get your questions in uh, about uh, about the season to come and, and how last year went. I think that uh, Chris is, you know, had a, had a great half a season. Played that into, I don't know if it's a multi-year contract, we'll get into that, <laughs> but played himself into a, a position to to control the team or to, to lead the team here in 2022, and it's excited. Uh, yeah, and so that's, that's uh, the, the Spirit are in a good position other than off the field, other than all the people who are not wanting to renew tickets. Uh, we'll, from the chat here, we've got uh, some news that the, the schedule might be, the schedule is set and is being sent out to ticketing sites soon. Which is good. I think everyone has basically said uh, we uh, Meg Linehan is the source for everyone to yell at <laughs> and say where is the schedule. So I think she'll be happy for that to be out. Uh, and, and a lot of folks are are talking about season tickets, even in the chat here. About some have renewed; they renewed early. Some have the chance still to not uh, to not renew. Some are waiting still. Um, that is the only leverage you have as a fan, right? To make to make your to make your displeasure known is to not spend money with the team. You can tweet at the team. That is not helpful. Uh, you can uh, you can not spend money. And that's much more helpful. Uh, and if you have the ability to sort of, uh, you know, I think what the Rose Room Collective has done, it, getting media attention on sort of collected disgruntledness is the way to do things. Is the only way to get noticed. Steve Baldwin obviously doesn't care. Uh, he's got he's on his own mission. He's <laughs> he is a man on his own on his own path now. Uh, but uh, everyone else cares. I think the the league cares about sort of what the perception is. They are they are PR focused right now. They may not always be, and they may not, you know, they have a really great reputation for that, right? They have a great reputation for caring a lot about what people think of them. But right now, they're yeah. sensitive to it. So, yeah, we'll see. And I think you, you raise a great point. I mean, I think with season tickets, that's the best way to send a message. If you if you want to send a message you're not happy with ownership, that you're not happy with with what's going on, uh, you need to do that with your wallet. Um, don't you know? I, I don't know boycotting merch maybe, but also um, but also yeah. doing the, well. That's hard to do when they don't have any for sale when you can't get a freaking jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy, I buy am, from, I'm boycotting buy from, it. <laughs> buy, buy from breaking breakingtea.com if you want because those uh those actually support the NWSL Players Association. Not the players, and they have some much cooler gear out there. Um, I got my wife an awesome Trinity Rodman shirt, uh, who is her favorite player. So that was that was one of my Christmas gifts. So I just want to spend money. I just want them. I just want to give them money. And they obviously, I not blame anyone with the team, but they've got to they've got to figure that part out. That's got to that's yep. got to change. If anything else, <laughs> you can't even protest because right now there's no one to not buy from. It just doesn't exist other than breaking tea. Um, yep. Well, that that's just the way that goes. But I think, you know, Spirit fans, it's a rough week. It's going to be a rough month, I think, and then maybe a little bit longer. The game starting might be your... Here's... I, I don't want to tell any fan how to do anything. I don't think that, that's the worst thing you can do. But the players are obviously still the players. The players are still going to need support. you got to figure out how you're going to do that, particularly if you don't want to buy season tickets. Uh, but the good thing will be there are games coming pretty soon. So that, that, that is the escape. That was the escape all last year. That is the escape here in 2022. You know that you can watch this team and feel good about these players and the way they play. Uh, you can put all the other stuff to the side the best you can, but know that that's coming soon at least. And that will make you feel a little bit better. Hopefully it'll make me feel a little bit better to be able to concentrate on results and the players. Uh, Trinity Robbins, second season, 
Can Ashley Hatch can Ashley Hatch score double digits again? What does Bailey Feist look like coming back uh, from a, from an ACL injury? Lots of lots of money, lots of storylines uh, that you can follow that make this an exciting potential season. Yep, and also as as uh, Riss Willett points out, you can donate to the Black Women's Players Collective. Uh, is another place you can you can donate your money and time to. So certainly, certainly there are plenty of great avenues for support. All right, y'all. I think that's going to do it for the first segment of the show. We're going to take a break now. We've never done this before. We've never done this before. First time. Uh, maybe not first time. I'm going to take my taxes. Yes. <laughs> Be back in five minutes, guys. Stick around. You're listening to the RK Refugees podcast. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. As always, is an annual tradition when it comes to the preseason draft time, college draft, soccer draft. We invite Travis Clark onto the show, uh, who covers the game and is uh, awesome about it. Travis, thanks for joining us. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I forget. I forget. I, I, I honestly, I blinked on who you on who you write for now. I apologize. Top drawer soccer, <laughs> it's, man. It's still top drawer soccer. OK, I apologize. That's my fault. That's my fault. I had to buy <laughs> I, I blanked out there for a second and I should know that. That's I apologize. Okay. I'm just going to hang up now. Is that OK? Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> that's right. You got the plug. You got the plug out of me. So you can go now. So yes. uh, MLS Super Draft. Uh, how <laughs> how impactful uh, is this season going to be? I think you know for people for maybe for new fans uh, of the league or for DC United um, or I guess just the league in general. How uh, compare the MLS Super Draft to say the NFL Draft for a new fan? Uh, how uh, how likely is it that these players are going to contribute from year one uh, and, and and onward if they're uh, if you're sort of new to this whole thing? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, it's completely different. It's like apples and oranges are two very different things because in NFL, NBA, which is probably the, the two big drafts, quote-unquote, the that's kind of the main way you bring players in, right? All, all players join teams via free agencies or drafts, whereas in soccer, it's obviously global. So, you know, the, the MLS draft, the combination of sort of the ability to bring players in from elsewhere and the evolution of the homegrown and the growth of that that system uh the it's just a very minor part of what mls teams do now is it totally irrelevant some would say yes others would say well hang on maybe the philadelphia union would say yes the philadelphia union say yes the (laughs) toronto fc more or less says yes but the revolution which won the supporter shield they had i believe it was like six or seven of their starters slash key players all joined MLS via the draft. So, you know, you had guys like Tejan Buchanan, you had Henry Kessler, their center back, Tommy McNamara played a lot of minutes for them. Brandon by Matt Turner, even, you know, these are guys who played college soccer for two, three, four years. And then, so I think the, the best way to put it is it, it is what it is right now. It's a, it's not a hugely important piece in the process, but you can find a difference maker. You can, if you try and that, and you, <laughs> if you try, if you <laughs> do a little bit of work, you know, bring a players in with a plan, a way to develop them. And then that player is then good enough to make the most of the opportunity to develop and then contribute to your team. So it's a, it's a, conv- it's convoluted and it's not like, Oh, I'm going to bring all these players into the draft. It's, 
you know, you're lucky if a year on after the draft, that player's still with you. So DC is an easy example. Uh, number four pick overall, Karani Smith. I believe he's still on the roster. I could be mistaken yes. if you guys can correct me, but I do know they traded into the draft number five, Michael DeShields, and he's not on the team anymore. I don't, I don't think, he, I don't know if he ever played for the team last year, but he did. It, you know, a couple a games example. for Loud in the beginning of the year. You know, it's, it's a good example of the, uh, it's, it's, a little, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but at the end of the day, there are special players that are still joining the league. You know, national team players, Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, like, they're, they're not, it's not a total meaningless event. And I do think it's good, though, that they moved it away from being this, like, big in-person event. You know, I, you know, part of that's probably the pandemic, but part of it is, you know, it should be more like the MLB draft, if you will, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to I want to I want to bring that up a bit. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the the last draft. You you kind of brought it up a little bit. I always feel like there's been like sort of like this slow dwindling. Like everybody talked about it first. It was the big event. I I I'm still. I mean, I, I think I agree with you. I'm glad it's you know a smaller event. Uh, but I kind of miss the whole like you know Popham circumstance with the coaches. I've been to some uh, some of the drafts uh, when they were in Baltimore and close by. Um, and it was it was kind of a a cool event to see like all the coaches in M- and MLS kind of hanging around. You would see you know stuff happening on the floor. Uh, so in that aspect, it was it was kind of fun. But it was good for nerds. Yeah, it was good for nerds. It was good for nerds like me. But I, there's been this sort of this dwindling. Yeah. First, it's like your main way to build talent. Then it's like, well, you can still find good talent. Well, maybe you like the top few picks. You'll find you'll find good talent. I would say that this past uh, draft. Uh, I, I was kind of looking through it. I, I kind of got to the end of the year and I'm like, you know, I can't remember anybody really coming through the draft who really made a difference. It, was this maybe an aspect of the COVID year? Was this an aspect of, you know, all the craziness that was going on there? Or do you think maybe this is kind of we're going to have more years like last year where it's like nobody really makes an impact. Now, someone could come in this year, um, you know, Daniel uh, Perea for Austin could absolutely light it up this year and make me look foolish. But that's kind of what it's starting to feel like, uh, especially after last year. Yeah, I, I do wonder that part of that is probably the the COVID element of it. Part of it is um, the draft classes, ebb and flow. I do. I do. I'm I'm looking at this year's pool and thinking that it's a, actually a little bit better and just there's like center backs for days. I feel like you could have 28 rounds, either <laughs> 28 picks in the round and you can have um, just pick all center backs. You know, another <laughs> element to it is the generation of the class is a bit bigger this year. There's eight players who are underclassmen that are available and they have that roster flexibility that, you know, there's only, you know, there's only one expansion team, obviously. So that'll limit the chances for a college guy to get on the field and, mm-hmm play that but I, I it's not yeah it's i think that the drafts now are going to be more of a it's going to take a year or two for these guys to get in to bed in and whether or not they, the teams will have the patience for it but yeah because what ted has said is true like you look at the top 10 picks three of the top 10 picks were had their option didn't have their option picked up in josh penn Derek Dodson and Michael DeShields. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure off the top of my head because I was doing a little bit of that sort of research as well. Um, you know, Philip Mayaka was parked in the USL championship, I think for the duration of the season for the Rapids. And, 
Calvin Harris, he's not going to save FC Cincinnati from itself. It should be noted, shout out to FC Cincinnati picking number two overall again, yet again, which is hilarious to me. Um, but, you know, the will this year's group be any different than that? I feel like they could be, but it's it's always going to be difficult for you know, first-year players to come in right away. I think there will be exceptions, not necessarily in this draft, but a lot of it can come down to the opportunity the players even get at this point, which... Uh, as we've seen, have become more and more limited, even though there is a new league in entering the fray as well. I think it would be interesting if teams started looking at this draft, you know, like you said, understand that there's an exception that's going to make an impact at your MLS club level, but instead being like, this is this is for our, our second division team, basically. Uh, MLS next or whatever in two years, but uh, basically we're going to give these people a year or two. We're understanding that there's a development delay and that if they were really good, they would have been signed to a homegrown. They would have been there would have been other some other mechanism for them to have been identified early and brought in. But I think if you just changed, if you're the union and you just change perspective of like, all right, well, this is a low cost way for us to add a young player to our USL championship, where we're gonna have we're gonna have their control if they do pan out for like you know the the completely unfair term of an MLS contract of like five years if they want it for the first contract. So I, I don't know. I think that's just, a, I think it's just a mindset shift that would, that would improve the, the utilization of the draft. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any, any solution is perfect because the other piece to it is when you look at a team building, your supplemental back end roster spots are going to mostly go to your Academy guys. And what would you rather have in that spot? A 22 or 23 year old who's played four years of college soccer and, no disrespect is probably a fine player, but that player is not going to have, you know, or would you rather have like a 16 or 17 year old prospect that could be a, you know, maybe a future national team or viewed that way, at least, even though you, know, you never know, you never know how things are going to work out or a player that could really blossom and grow and then become an asset that you then make millions of dollars off. Right. It's just, so it's a, it's a, it's that those are the kind of, guess type of war is a good way that they can approach it and obviously looking towards the upside play is always going to win out especially when you're talking about a global industry where even though like i said like i said a couple of or i may have said of this but it might have been another podcast that i was on but you know we had <clears throat> tejan buchanan daryl dk richard larea have all been transferred abroad in this transfer window they all signed with clubs in england england and made no sorry buchanan is in belgium but they all went for transfer fees that made their clubs. The clubs got them for free, even though Larea was drafted by Orlando, not Toronto. Should be worth noting. But there are exceptions, and I think there will continue to be. And it's a matter of doing your homework, finding the right player, looking for the upside play, and then you know putting in the development work, and hopefully the player does the same. Let's uh, let's talk about the home team here. So DC United picks 13 overall uh, in the first round. And 69th in the third round, they traded their second pick uh, to Seattle last year for Tony Alfaro. Uh, so I would ask you, what does DC United need? Uh, the answer there is almost anything. Uh, but uh, <laughs> looking looking at this draft class and looking where they looking where they end up in the order, where in your version 12 of the mock now, where where do you see DC United going uh, in that early the 60 the third round? Who knows? But for that 13th pick, where, where are you where are you thinking they go? I think. You could go with a goalkeeper. It's one of the Generation Adidas. You have two Generation Adidas, Patrick Schulte and Roman Celentano. 
it's so hard to know, right? Because obviously I can't read anybody's minds, but the logical thing doesn't always happen. It, it is worth pointing out too that a player with DC United Academy ties, Dane Jacoman, spotted by Matt Ralph, who plays he played at the University of Pennsylvania. Dane did, not Matt Ralph. But uh, Dane Jacoman is a DC United Academy product that played for Penn, and it's announced that he's beginning his professional career and he is not on the draft list. So you could add that up and say, well, I think DC United are rolling the dice on this player. So then do they then sign a homegrown player and take the generation to this goalkeeper? I think that could change it. I mean, do they need a center back? There are a lot of those. You could go with the center they back. They do. Probably can go wrong. Um, especially, you can't, you're probably, but you're probably not going to find an Andy Nahar replacement. So No. Well, hopefully we don't need to replace him, uh, Travis. That's uh, let's not even let's not even go down that. Let's not entertain that possibility. But yeah, I think the homegrown. So obviously, DC and I need at least two goalkeepers, right? Uh, the a, a, a guy who well, played at Penn it, and was you should have it. No, well, right now they only have one under contract, so they they probably need right. at least two more. Uh, I I, I the, I'm wondering, sort of. I, I feel like the jo- the John Kempen role is one you could fill. With a guy who was playing USL League One last year, I think that's comfortable. The Chris, the Chris Seitz spot, uh, unless they were going to say we're going to take the the generation generation Adidas player and put him in Loudon, I feel like I don't know. I don't know if that's the move they make too. But so goalkeeper makes sense because they they have a need. I just wonder too, like like you said, if they're able to take the homegrown, there is a lot of other things they need. You had you had a guy named Thor. I don't remember his last name. Somehow for some reason the first name stuck out. Uh, as a forward, uh, being in, being in the mock, they they definitely need help there too as well. Uh, can you yeah, talk Thor, a bit about? Thor, I'm Thor, sorry, Thor. I forget his last name. Thor Olferson. I can't even say it, even though it doesn't look hard. <laughs> Thor Olferson is a player responsible for perhaps the most uh, famous clip that circulated relating to men's or women's college soccer in the fall of 2021. I don't know if either of you guys saw it, but basically. He was a Duke striker, scored a bunch of goals, 15 and 16 games, I believe, in the fall. So in their tournament game against UCLA, he, they, the, uh, Duke played up the man for a while, scored a goal to win. Basically, they scored twice in the last like four minutes or something. Real heartbreak for UCLA. So Thor, who's from Iceland, goes over and uh, does some kind of weird mocking thing. I think him and the goalie must have been at it too much of the game. And so, you know, taunt does, does some super immature taunting, which was – uh, and then he gets uh, laid. He gets basically decked as he's walking back from the. <laughs> he didn't even score the goal. He's taunting after his team scored, right? And then he gets cleaned out by the UCLA center back who gets a red card, a brouhaha, and, and follows. So uh, I, I don't know how he does outside the box. I don't know if if you want a guy who will get on on the end of chances. Uh, I think maybe he could work. I'm I'm just not. I'm not super sold. I think MLS teams are pretty high on him, so there's a good chance he's gone by the time VC picks. But um, when I made that first mock draft, I hadn't gotten that sort of sense. So I don't think Thor will be on the table, and the jokes will not be available for you all next, this year. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. <laughs> I'm very upset to hear that. <laughs> the TIFO would be fantastic. Uh, wanted to while we do have you here, and obviously mm-hmm. you know you cover you cover the college game. You also cover a lot of the youth games. So I did want to touch a little bit. That's a little bit on DC's academy. Um, and just kind of real quick. So this is a this is we, we have all talked about DC's Academy. They like struck gold with Annie Nahar and Bill Hamid. And it was not a whole lot in between them. Maybe a couple role players. 
Uh, but this feels like a genuine renaissance. Uh, when when most when you have one player getting you know pointed out by English magazines as being one of the top 100 players in the world, you have obviously uh, the amazing strides Kevin Paredes has made. Um, this feels a little bit different. Ha- have you noticed any sort of I guess in your when you've watched the academy over the years, have you noticed a change in mentality, talent level, or is this maybe just kind of a, another like we're going to have this phase where we're going to get all this talent in and then it's going to be kind of an, another doldrum for for 10 years and i know it's impossible to predict that but i'm going to ask you anyway because you're amazing <laughs> yeah i think that the there'll be some obstacles that will be interesting to watch play out so first of all you have the new training facility which looks pretty nice right but mm-hmm. it's in leesburg and so listeners probably know the geography of dc so how many top-level players are going to make that commute to Leesburg from, you know, and one of the interesting elements of DC United is that a lot of their top players have come from PG County. So that's a long way to go, right? Not that you can only bring in PG County players, but that's just, that's been one of the trends that I've, I've observed over the years. I do think that, that at least some impetus is being put into it. They hired the, the New England Revolution guide around the place here um you know it's just a matter of how much how many resources that the ownership is willing to allocate to it if you know let's say paredes and or moses nyman become transfer targets and move abroad soon both are 18 now they're 19 this year i believe so that could be on the table for sure um uh, it's just a matter of continuing to, to put that kind of a work in and recruit the right kind of talent i'm gonna because should i just like rattle off a bunch of cliches about coaching and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the best, that's the best yeah. way to answer it like just try and put money into it and do it well as best you can and i think you have the area that you should be much better than you are and you could even argue that the, the academy is nowhere near you know you've got to make a good case for why like you know bethesda still strikes me as a more consistent club and turning out d1 talent i do not measure teams by the amount of college players they are producing but there was even like a pretty big drop off and even like bottom line, like, you know, just the, you know, general D one players weren't really coming from uh, DC's Academy. Now I I do know that uh, it looks like it's at least somewhat continuing the, I guess last year's U 15 squad. So like Oh six Oh sevens, they look pretty promising. If people remember the name, Ja'Cory Hayes, he is a midfielder at Minnesota United that played at Wake Forest and is from Maryland. His little brother, Braxton Hayes, is actually in DC United Academy now. I think he's a 2007. Um, so he's, a, he's just called me U15 Boys Camp, National Team Camp. Gavin Turner is another name. And uh, Owen Walls is from the, uh, I think, current Loudon Crops, slated to go to UVA this year next there's a couple of players going to maryland and for even you know and part of the reason why some of these guys weren't even going to d1 schools is that dc was signing them jeremy gray gray however you pronounce mm-hmm. the name apologies and jacob green were both slated to go to you know uva uh nc state in maryland and they obviously went pro so you know that's worth pointing out for sure but keep spending money hire the right people and keep trying and there's enough people in this area that you should be a, you know, middle of the pack academy at minimum. 
Yeah. Travis mentioned the new Academy director, Patrick, I think, Ukama. Uh, that just reminds me to encourage you guys to listen to the episode of Pitch Pass that Roach did with him. It is the one of the more awkward interviews that I have ever heard in my life. Uh, it is it is amazing. I really go. It's 45 minutes. It's 48 minutes. It's like audio curb your enthusiasm for DC United. Like it is it is aggressively cringy. Uh, not not due to anyone's fault, but like the, just the dynamic is bizarre. Check it out and get back to me. I encourage you if you haven't listened to it, please do so. Uh, obviously, uh, Roach is on a once every, once a quarter podcast uh, cycle, so it's last last uh, episode came out in September. Check it out, <laughs> Travis. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Travis from TopDrawerSoccer.com. Continue the awesome work you do uh, co- covering covering the side of the game that many of us have no ability to to watch and, and you're out there hustling and, and doing the work and we really appreciate it and appreciate your insight as well so thanks for joining us and this, this is the part i point out that you forgot where i worked right now i'll never forget <laughs> never never let me forget never let me forget i i do apologize for that no anyway. i'm giving you I, I, time. I'm... <laughs> as you do as you do travis do it. it just had to do it i'm sorry <laughs> i appreciate being on i'm happy to come on anytime oh i should tell the story when i was storm I should tell I should tell the story when I was uh, refereeing the ECNL in Richmond and you were like yelling at me about how horrible of a ref I was. Should I do that? I should do that. I'm kidding. He was yeah. completely cordial. Completely cordial. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. No problem. So the guys. last Have time, the last time Travis was on if for eagle eagle eyed listeners are remembering of the show. Uh, my power went out and the show was canceled right in the middle. <laughs> and Travis Travis was my guest co host and he was just standing there like uh, podcast. So th- it went better this time. Yes, went better. We not lose. We did not lose power. Uh, thanks again to Travis. We you know there is literally no way that I could be informed about college soccer. <laughs> like it's like there's just not enough ram in the computer for my brain it's yeah. not, it cannot happen so we appreciate every time he comes on but we also wanted to we wanted to cover here there's a little bit of dc united news not a lot player we continue to be we continue to be waiting for the shoes to drop the positive shoes to drop uh, yes right now not really that's not really happening no it's it's I, there, there have been some rumors, I, I guess. Uh, I don't think we had this on our on our rundown, uh, but I mean, they've been linked to 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 a few players. Um, they have linked to one player out. I forget out. It's been a lot of like, it's been a lot of dribble. I, I do have some 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 theories about maybe why things have been a little bit more quiet. Uh, D- DC is is not a well covered team. Um, there is, and even uh, they used to have um, obviously uh, Pablo Maurer, who's based in the area, who was the beat writer for the Athletic. Uh, now it's just Steve Goff. Um, I, I I would hedge to bet that some of the stories that Pablo put out maybe turned some some people off, and maybe his sources. And also he's there's been a lot of change and turnover in the team as well. So I I wonder if the sources are still there for him um, for someone who's not as heavily involved. But I think that has something he's, to do with it. In, he's in still a beat presence. He's still he's still sort of covering on the. But I, I, who knows? That, that's possible. Uh, there, well, there, his, his his content for DC has dropped a little bit. Like you're not seeing the regular. I don't think I don't think I don't think there are clicks there. Right. Like I think yeah, I think fair. based on our I think he could write about Pele's shoes that he bought on <laughs> eBay, and, and it'll do it'll do four times the traffic. So I think that it's a numbers game. I will bet you dollars to donuts if I were to get him the, off the record. Is more interesting to uh, find uh, the the one of the the two other crew guys than it is to find DC's trust, next signing. <laughs> trust us, as DC United as DC United fan podcasts, uh, people who have access to our metrics, 
there are there are subjects that have have a wider appeal than DC United. Believe it or not, yeah, uh, there have been some moves for DC United, so we do want to make sure that we cover those. Uh, the the long rumored signing of Brendan Hines Ike uh, came to fruition. Got a finalized a transfer. The fee is unknown. It's on. It's 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 dependent on performance and appearances uh, in the next year, which is great. I think the I think the signing uh, his signing finally elicited some interesting fan disagreement about what kind of player he was and is he a nailed on starter and how good really was he last year? Um, what what are you what's your what's your take on him as a player and where he fits in uh, next year and in, in years to come? I, I mean I, I think he is he is a he's a penciled in penciled in starter based on the fact that. I, you know, Pines is kind of writing that. And obviously Nahar's a pen, penned in starter. Uh, he is, he, you need that. Nahar's not going to be able to play 34 games. I think we've already said that. Nope. The, the schedule is more favorable this year, thankfully. I think we'll get a little more production out of, out of Andy Nahar uh, this season because I think the schedule is going to be, you know, more of a week to week schedule. Um, but I think he's in there. I, I think it's been brought up too. I think the most important thing is he he's not as effective, I guess, at, at, at any Nahar, but he does have a, an ability to get forward. Uh, so he does give us that avenue. And, you know, I'll say this team, when he went down with an injury, uh, that's when this team started to kind of run out of steam. Uh, I, I won't say he was a completely entirely a part of that, but this team started to struggle a little bit. I think they were fine for a little bit. And then I think then the legs started to get heavy. Uh, they started to be sloppier in defense. They started to give up some goals. Um, I think a lot of that sort of coincided with his gone. So I, I'm happy he's back. I'm happy he signed. I think they need more depth. I think they need at least one more person at that position, but it's not a like dire need as it was, I guess, at the beginning of the season. Um, so I'm, I'm happy he signed. I think it's worth it. They got a deal on him. I mean, they did. They don't have to pay anything. Unless, and it's all based on how well he does is what the fees are. So um, it couldn't have been much. And I think his Belgian team was like, yeah, we want to we want to move on. We want to move on from him. So um, we got a question uh, in the in the comments. Mr. McGlue uh, wants to know how much is the variable transfer fee a suggestion? His health uh, in regards to the hip injury may not be well known yet. I think there's I think that's likely uh, if you listen to him talk about the injury, uh, basically, he decided not to have surgery for it was a hip fracture. I don't know the exact terminology, but it was a hip fracture. Uh, he decided to have no surgery and rehab it and was able to get back and played uh, at the end of the season. He said in an interview recently that were he to have that surgery, his career might, would have probably been over. So the fact that that looms over him still, uh, I think that's why DC United was sort of, uh, you know, hesitant to, to to pay full up front. DC United never likes to pay up front in general. They like to loan with it with an option to buy, and then the way then when it comes time when the check hits the table, they want to negotiate it again. Uh, that is that is sort of the way they do things. So I think I think uh, the the viewer is, is right that that's probably something to do with it. I you know, to Ted's point, I think his absence, his injury exposed the depth a little bit it moved everybody up one spot it put donovan pines on the field a lot it made tony alfaro play more than you maybe you would have wanted them to play um and i think there are at least i think two center backs need to come in i think that would be based on the, the availability and in har the uncertain long-term health of brandon heinz ike steve steve birdenbaum's good for an injury a year uh, at least or a concussion at least that's knock on wood that seems to have stopped uh but that you know that's a position that's of despite having Probably the most players in it. I think it's still not very settled. I don't think I think I don't think you have the final 
incarnation of what you want there. Yeah, and they are playing a three-man back line. Uh, assuming they play the exact same formation that they play they play this season, um, they are playing playing a three-man back line. I, I think I, I think you'd be good with one more. I think they'll bring in some more. I think you'll see them bring in some more some more talent. I think maybe two might be might be a safety option uh, depending on the roster. Um, but let's uh, move on. Want to move on real quick? Uh, let's see if anything else you want to add about. No, we got to talk about the Estonian Messi. The Estonian Messi was he actually called that, or did we just call him that? We invented that. Yeah, we, I think I honestly <laughs> think we invented that. I, maybe not. I, I think we just we we had so many like we had the what was it the the Thai Thailand Messi or something like that or like. We had the the Haitian Messi at one point. I'm pretty sure. Or yeah, remember to sign him. So I think we just kind of started tacking that on, uh, like the 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 country insert insert a country here that isn't a world power Messi, and that and that that was what we that was what we went with. Um, Eric Sorgasol, uh, rumored sale for about five hundred thousand dollars. I'll go ahead and say that's probably about right. Um, so that, that's what we paid. So that that would mean a that would be more. We, we evened out. We, <laughs> except for inflation. We lost seven, 6.8%. Yeah, well, actually, except for inflation and also I think the um, uh, the uh, DC gets 95% of that sale. And I think it's uh, – they can well, I think I think the biggest reason they made that sale and why I'm a little bit interested because you can actually take a lot of that and convert it into GAM. Uh, so this seemed like it may be an easy way to get some GAM into this roster uh, to help make it easier. Freeze up an international slot too, so that's certainly worth it from that perspective. I think DC now has two open international slots. Uh, we'll get into the other trade here. Um, I, I'm, I'm feeling like something – Number one, something has to be happening. Um, I don't know if we'll see a post draft or, or whatever, but I think this team is preparing to make. I don't. I, I hopefully on a DP level, they are saying they want to fill that third designated player spot. I think they have to. That is that is one of my big. Is this offseason a success? Is if they fill that roster slot, because um, they need something else in there, and they might be looking at it at the position uh, where they had a Golden Boot winner. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with with Sorga? Any about his about his tenure here? I'm a little more. I was a little more like lukewarm on him. A lot of people loved him. I think because of his goal for Red Bulls, I thought he was okay. I thought Roberta showed more. I think this this year was Roberta versus Sorga, and I think Roberta won, and that's why Sorga's gone. So yeah. Certainly. No, I had no love for Eric Sorga. And and we didn't say who he went to. It's a, His name is certainly a mouthful. Uh, I wasn't going to so, attempt that. I mean, I know. Already, I know. Once I, know. I, once I blew where Travis Clark uh, wrote for, I said, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to keep it safe. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out here. I'm going to go out here on a, on a rope. I believe it's, it's in the Sweden top division. IFK. Gut, Gutborg. <laughs> that's that's my Swedish chef version of what the name is. Uh, first division team. Good luck to him. He scored three goals uh, at Venlo last year. He looked like he was going to score every game because he scored in the first. <laughs> I think he scored in his first three games he played, and then he went cold. Uh, but there, there is. Uh, I don't. It's fine. Eric Sorga. Good luck to you. I'm not. I'm not torn up about this at all. I think that will. I think we'll definitely fill that spot with with a player that maybe better fits. Uh, you know what is being asked of him. There was technical challenges for Eric. I, if you if you just watched him, if you watched what he, if you watched how he pressed, and how he would able, how he would not be able to get out of pressure when he did receive the ball, it was never going to work. Yeah. Uh, one last person leaving. Uh, uh, Zach Thornton. Zach Thornton, the goalkeeper coach who has been here for quite a little while. Uh, is is hit the door. I think that was the writing was on the wall for that. Chad Ashton's contract is also up this year. Last I recall, he is not. It's not been said that he's left yet. Uh, but 
he might it might also happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, someone made a comment about Bill Bill potentially being mad about that. I think goalkeeper goalkeeping coaches should change every once in a while. I think particularly the goalkeeper that's been here as long as Bill to keep things fresh, to try to find new new ways to train, new ways to stay sharp, potentially impart new lessons. Maybe that's maybe that's naive, and you know some clubs. Uh, I, I think Chelsea had Christoph Christoph Lulishon for like ten or twelve years, so they didn't do that. But I, I think I think there is some value in sort of changing up assistants to get new voices in the locker room and in the players' heads. But he he is now gone. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean that that you know Bill is, is will cert- we will certainly know. I think based on based on certain things wh- whether Bill is is happy. He does not. He 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 wears his. Uh, he'll let us know. Yeah, he'll let us know <laughs> either through social media or not or whatnot or or. However, but uh, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right to that effect. I think I'm I'm excited for maybe a bit a a bit of a different refresh in the coaching staff. Um, Obviously, the reset, the refresh at head coach uh, was was incredibly good and and the last season. So Um, let's uh, Aaron Aaron has had a refresh of uh, of a vacation this whole (laughs) offseason. If you're following him on Instagram and I know that you are, if you're listening to the show, man's having a good time. Yeah, man's going to be sun and sun tanned and ready to go. And rested here in February. Yep. And uh, obviously, uh, one of the players who might be out, who maybe he has a say in in trying to to get out, and why I think maybe that third DP is looking on the more the attacking end. Uh, Ole Kamara looking apparently DC is looking to trade him, and they are opening that. That was sort of the news dropped by by Stephen Golf. Uh, they are currently exploring trade options for him. Um, we'll we'll see how this goes. It feels weird to to want to trade a guy who had 19 goals. I guess a lot there, there was sort of a very mixed reaction. A lot of people were like, well, he could put away 30 or 40 goals if, if, if he could have, you know, and, and I, I tend to kind of say, take that with, well, yes. Okay. If he's, you know, Lionel Messi, I'm, I'm sure, but you know, the players, general good attackers, you put 19 goals away. I don't care if it's penalties. You're, you're pretty good. At, you're a pretty good attacker. Um, I, I, I've been on the Ola Kamara bandwagon for years. I went, I got off it and then he started to score and I got right back on it. Um, and it, I was very happy to see him have the moments he had because I really thought he could be an effective piece uh, for DC. That being said, um, you know, I'm 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 intrigued what DC is doing this offseason because this does this is a team. It, I can't help but think they have to have ideas on who they're going to replace them with. They have to be close to getting some signings in. Otherwise, you're not making these moves. You're holding on to everybody you can and maybe making some additional moves. So I think, I mean, they're now down to what, was it 20 players? 20 yep. players this offseason? So they've got some signings that need to come in. Obviously, they'll have their their draft pick. We'll see. Maybe they bring somebody in. But they're, I mean, they, they need to make signings. They are not going into the season with 20 players. Uh, they need to go out and make signings. So Ola Kamara, just to, just to tie a bow on Ola's 2021, Ola had 16.3 expected goals. For his 19 goals scored. So that's something for that. Uh, he was 79th percentile in non-penalty goals. O- the Ola Penmara thing was a thing for a little bit. for Particularly for fans that were mad that he was in the lead in the golden boot. Uh, but he averaged half a goal per 90 non-penalty goals. Which is great. Still good for a striker. Uh, he was also 80th percentile in the league in aerials one. So the man, he has, he has his weaknesses. He has his strengths. I don't blame them at all for trying to cash in a little bit on his value here, particularly in a contract year. He's got one more year on his contract. Mm-hmm. He explicitly said this. This cracked me up. And uh, there was an interview with him last offseason talking about the fact that he was like, oh, 
I have a contract coming up. I should try. I should try harder. I should really, <laughs> I should really give it a go. I'm, he's like, my plan wasn't to be this good this year. It was to be really good next year, but I'm good this year. That was ba- that was basically what he said. I think it was an interview with Pablo. And I was like, man, that is honest. That is so honest. But yes, if you can get value for him and you have, you have, like you just said, Ted, you got to have somebody in mind. You got to have somebody that's close to the door. I am. I there are people panicking on Twitter. There are oh, people yeah. panicking on Discord. It's it's, it's the usual offseason trend. There's with a lot. There's of fans. no <laughs> way. There's no way that this team is just letting everybody go and then they don't have a plan. There is a plan. They're, the plan is to have a full roster. The plan is to have another designated player. Uh, they're exploring other options in the trade markets. They'll see what they'll see what's available. I am. You know, you you have been very confident in this team by the fact that they have spent money. They brought Lucy Rushton and they've spent money in the scouting department. They've they've committed to that. So let's see what they can do for a season. I'm I'm with you. I'm in that boat. I they, this this team has not disappointed me yet. Mm-hmm. So let's see what I was not impressed with last year's offseason, but there were extenuating circumstances with COVID and money. There are people in the there are people in the stands now. I bought a season ticket, so there's some money. Like now go go spend that money in this offseason and see what you can do, both in this window and in the summer one. And then and then we can really start to evaluate. You know what what DC looks like in, with this new sort of front office leadership. Yeah, my 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 big and I feel like the I, I understand the sentiment you're hearing. All these signings happen. We're, we maybe we'll touch a little bit into into some of the MLS signings that have happened thus far. Uh, you hear all these players getting signed, and your team's not doing anything, and you, and you get nervous. You're like, oh, we need to bring somebody in. We need to bring somebody in. We still have what? We're still not even a month until the season starts. Training camps just getting started. You can sign players through March. Everyone take a deep breath. We'll, and and always I always evaluate. We'll evaluate once the once we get to the start of the season. If 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 it's disappointing, trust me, we will tell we will tell you if, if we feel it's disappointing. Um, but I, I think the the way that they are moving moving things out, they are setting themselves up, uh, acquiring allocation money and other things to sort of replace some of those players. And they have to. They have to go do it. Uh, one player, we're still waiting. Like I actually I keep thinking that Ted Cudi Pietro has been signed. Apparently, yeah. it's it's still not uh, the the ink has not been I guess it hasn't dried enough um, on that. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, obviously, we talked. It will happen though. We're yeah. not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's happens. Will happen. I promise. Yeah, uh, but obviously, good good to see him uh, getting signed. We've talked a bit about it. Uh, one of the better players on a bad team. Uh, there was some a, a brief moment of excitement for DC fans when they thought maybe we could uh, snag Albert Rusnak. Uh, he is going to Seattle. Um, I I believe I said. As soon as Seattle was was in the conversation that he is not coming here, uh, and I I'm correct. That's fine. I thought maybe there was a chance, but um, yeah, that that's been the only I guess concrete rumor that sort of came through about you know a player possibly coming here. Um, again, I I think it's it, I, there was also I saw one rumor about like some Belgian. I think there was either a wingback or a winger from Belgium, and that piqued a lot of attention. There was, was like, one rumor. There was one rumor that got pretty down far down the line of Yaya Yeah. Who was for sure coming to DC United, and then in fact on January sixth signed with Colorado or Columbus for the three year contract. I, I'm not sure. I, I, something 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 smelled fishy about that. A lot of people got upset about that move too. Everybody, I think everybody really doesn't want Edison Flores in here. They don't. <laughs> they, everybody wants Edison they Flores, uh, but but we'll see. We'll see again. I think Edison Flores is going to get a run out to the summer. We'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, other moves around the league. I think we do have to talk about it. Uh, DK Daryl DK going ten million dollars to West Bromwich Albion. Uh, huge sale for them. Uh, you talk about player sales. 
uh, Orlando are looking, I think, to flip that. They are going to, they're apparently uh, going to buy Facundo Torres from Uruguay uh, for $10 million plus $2 million in incentives. So using that sale to invest right back into their squad. And of course, the big, big story of the day was Ricardo Pepe in a last minute move going for $20 million to Augsburg. So huge, huge move for him. I think he had an appearance in the game uh, and apparently looked pretty well from what I understand. Uh, the big, big signing, of course, is TFC sign uh, Lorenzo Insigne, $15 million a year. Uh, absolutely. A year. Ma- absolutely massive, massive use. A guy who just finished winning the European Championships may or may not play in a World Cup. They still got to get through the playoff. Um what John, as someone who's a fan of another team who can only dream of owners mm. that are willing to spend that, what are we like? What do you think about this? Oh, I didn't get to the funnier story. We'll get to the funny. Thank you, thank you, Blades Worldies. We'll get to that story in a minute because that's hilarious to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's the dream yeah. really. I think I think having the Maple Leaf. I don't remember the Toronto Sports Entertainment, whatever they're called. They they also Ma- own Ma- the Maple it's Leafs. Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. Anytime someone says MLSE, I'm like. Oh, that's right. It's Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment is what it's called. It's nice to have a team uh, ownership that prints money in a hockey-obsessed universe uh, that is Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Uh, it's nice to have that backing. What I love, I mean, yeah, we love it. I mean, we had Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is our version of that. He is. He is like he was. <laughs> he's like the Kirkland's brand insignia. Yeah, uh, in that he is a huge name that will draw on people, but was old. And uh, basically retired very shortly after leaving the team. The that's just not our lot, right? Yeah, We're, it's never going to be our lot. It never, ever, ever will be. So don't. It's best to have realistic expectations as a DC United fan. Times have changed. If you were here since '96 and you still have that sort of in your brain, flush it out of your brain. It's yeah. no longer there. You're not that. That 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 is not you. Look at look at any league and look at teams in the middle of the of the table. And that's who we are. That's that's who that's what the spend is. That's what the hopes are. And you know you might get lucky. Luckily for us, though, the difference between MLS and say the EPL is that uh, those teams in the middle can win. Yeah, it's entirely possible. NYCFC two years ago, you would not have last year. You wouldn't have said that they were they were gonna they were gonna make a run and win the, win the dang uh, the whole league. So um, yeah, it's a bummer, but I get it. The the the, the funny stat there is that. Uh, and uh, he's making 15 million a year and DC United's contract. All of the players were 12 <laughs> million for the last year. So there's that. Luckily we don't, we don't play them unless we get to the playoffs. Yep. So and yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't play the, we won't play the $15 million player um, unless, unless we make the playoffs. I think someone, someone already dropped that, that stat for us. So appreciate, appreciate it to them. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it is, it, it, it's good. I think it's good. The league is spending this money. I hope it drives, dc to spend a little more i hope it pushes them maybe to say okay let's go out and let's get that third designated player let's spend that money i i think you can still win you still this team still has a lot of work i think this team is still going the tfc team is still going to finish fourth they they, yes they have insignia that doesn't mean they're going to blow away the league because right now their defense is very suspect uh they've got they've got bob bradley now yeah so exactly they have a good coach and those types of players will bring people in but this team still has a lot of work to do. Um, I, I think they'll have a, a first-year Javinko type of year from TFC. I think they'll bounce back. They're going to be tougher, um, but I think I think they will bounce back a little bit. Five five foot four, this man <laughs> in Sydney. They they love they love the short playmakers uh, and goal scorers in Toronto. 
but th- there have been other moves. I, I I was just sort of looking at the transaction page before we go. Raheem Edwards was another player that potentially was decent. I was looking at. He signed with L.A. Drew Moore, I think, is now 75 years old and signed another year to play in Colorado. So so good for him. I'm just trying to. There there haven't been a lot of huge moves yet. Uh, sort of like uh, power shifting moves. The NWSL. Uh, a lot more of that than MLS. I think a lot of that is still to come. Uh, yeah, nothing really, nothing really worth uh, highlighting. Omar Gonzalez going to New England for two years is interesting to me. Um, uh, and then maybe that's probably well, it. Sebastian <laughs> Le- Sebastian Lejet also was traded. That that was kind of a that was kind of an interesting move. The rich get richer there in New England. I, yeah. I think Bruce Arena, Bruce Arena knows him. Uh, uh, probably coached him. Was he there when he, when he probably probably did? Yeah. Uh, so that is a that is a that's a tough team. If you're looking at teams, so obviously early days, you're looking at who's who's the teams to be afraid of in the Eastern Conference. I, I think New England's right there. I, I, I do think <laughs> so, I think this is if if New York New England cannot find a way to win an MLS Cup, I, I surely believe I don't think it'll happen. Um, I really don't. I think they're going to get they're not going to get the three week layoff that they got last last. That time. did not help. That did not help them for sure. Um, also want to bring uh, LAFC signed Steve Trundolo as a head coach. So a little bit uh, an interesting move. He's been he's been a uh, assistant at Stuttgart forever. So um, but good for him to see that. We didn't talk about the, the funniest trade so far of the of the day uh, was <laughs> FC Dallas trading for the rights. They uh, 50, they got the third round pick in the draft, 50K in allocation money, and then the rights to Dom Dwyer that they eventually just said we were going to pay him off and release him. So Dom Dwyer is now a free agent. Um, <laughs> did you see this move? You didn't see this. I thought he. I thought he got released from Toronto FC. He was an FC Dallas player. No, no. So yeah. So so it's an MLS trade. Is basically that uh, they traded with Toronto for the rights for Dom Dwyer, and then FC. So FC Dallas got the rights to Dom Dwyer, and then FC Dallas then used their one buyout contract option to buy what? out <laughs> Dom Dwyer. Yes, you that didn't. is. <laughs> no, I did not see that. That's insane. That this this seems like an NFT money laundering situation here. That, that, that trade does not make sense. Money money is money is being washed here. This is this call call uh, in, Interpol. This is not making any sense. Well, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's I, I who knows who actually paid them. Like I don't know. Like do you use GAM for that or you just use your own money? The contract couldn't have been that big. I had to imagine it had to be like some type of like basically like TFC's like well we'll we'll give you this third round pick for 150 you know. 150k in allocation, or we'll give it 50k. Take Dom Dwyer for our plates. Do what you want with them. Buy him out. Whatever you want to do. And basically, the idea was to buy him out. So. Blade Blade's got it here. It was a basketball style contract where his contract was bundled with another player to sort of as a make weight. It was like a mid level exception. They were they were really doing some salary cap shenanigans. Anyway, uh, yeah. Basically, here's where we are. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. And MLS player moves have not happened. DC United saying goodbye, not saying hello yet. They're going to. Uh, training camp starts next month. Uh, the the season week. starts next month. Yeah. Let's see. The, the, the season, the, the season will be at the, it'll be cold as hell. Trey, if you're, I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> if I'm there opening day, we need to have a, a really, really big beer coat. Cause it's going to be really cold. <laughs> it's it's going to be really, it's really going to be 2020. We, we did it at February 29th before all the craziness happened. So, um, yeah, it should be fun guys. We're looking forward to the season. Looking forward to the future of the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you guys next week i think we're gonna try to come back next week vamos vamos